version 3.0 i'm dan this is episode number 11 most of the crew is here say hi guys what's up hi, how are you? hi guys so we miss we're missing one voice the voice of wisdom <laughs> the voice <Yeah>. of reason <laughs> nick, is, nick is uh mid travel actually no he's not traveling now he's actually where he needs to be but he's been doing a around the world type traveling not just like driving to grandma's house he's like was in uh, where was he last week? Netherlands? Amsterdam. Yeah. Amsterdam. Yeah, this week he's in Salt Lake and working, but he's got one more week and then he's off. This week, um, hmm, there's been some heli shit happening in my world, finally. Don't finally. have to take no fly. Finally, dude. I know. You, I'm you gonna wait let, too long, you get stale, man. I know. I'm going to... That was just a teaser. Who's going to go first? I'm not going to go first this week because... Bad things, man. Bad things. <laughs> oh, no. Devin's going to go first. The Devin. The Devin. I have to go first? Yes. What did the Devin do this week? All right. Well, this week I drove up to Upper New York. Um, I can't remember the name of it. I think Frankfurt, New York, up there. And I flew jets all weekend. Ooh. So... <laughs> 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 yeah, that's what I was expecting. You can did you TikTok it? Oh, you can't do that with a jet. Shit. Did you hover it? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Did you? Yeah, a little bit. I don't believe you did. The way you hesitated, I think you're lying, dude. I think you're <laughs> fucking lying to us. God damn it! Caught me red-handed. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got one helicopter flight. Okay. It was. Uh, my, not on my heli. It was on somebody else's. Did you even bring a heli? Yes, I did. I did bring a heli. I don't believe you. I, br- I brought my Oxy 5HF. But I need to order some new batteries for it. All my batteries are kind of Yeah, you've been saying that for like God, six months. Yeah, but now it's getting <laughs> towards the winter season and flying slows down. So I'm like, do I want to get new batteries right now just to not use them for three months? Are you telling me that you don't fly in the winter? You don't make snow angels? Dan, you've been saying it's cold. It, you, I have been saying it's cold. You're right. But that's not what I, that's not the question. <laughs> nice, nice, uh, you know, nice uh, re- redirect there. Nice try. Are you telling me you don't fly in the winter? Uh, not usually, unless it's above 40. Get the fuck out. <laughs> Get the fuck out, Devin. Leave. <laughs> Just leave, dude. Seriously. What the, what's up? Anyway, I'm disappointed, Devin. Mm. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, I didn't mean to I'll fail let, you. I'll let it slide this time. I, I'll encourage you to fly. I'm going to, dude, I'm going to be flying in the winter. 
I'll get I'll I do fly a little bit during the winter when it's nicer out and not snowing and not below freezing. All right. Yeah. Dude, you got to fly like when it's big fat slow snowflakes. It's pretty fun to fly in a flurry like that, dude. Is it? Cuz I I think it's really, hard to see in stuff like that. They don't really get that out here, Rob. Oh, yeah. I'm not talking like a blizzard or like a, a crazy sleet storm, but you know, like a sprinkle of fat snowflakes and then flying through that is pretty cool. Kind of that no wind, big snowflakes. Yeah, just kind of like Christmas morning and you're like, oh, yeah. I'm just flying through yeah. and little puffs of snow coming poofing out from underneath your helicopter and shit. Yeah. yeah. Like short yeah. everything out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make snow angels with your heli. Is that what you do, Rob? Dude, yeah, like inverted hover. Around here, the snow gets really thick and deep, you know, but it's powdery still. So there's a good like probably three or four inches of just fluffy powder just laying on the top. So you go inverted hover and you just kind of come down nice and slow and you you just take off out of there and you leave these big rings the size of your disc on the ground. And it's it's fun. You live on the edge, my friend. Yeah, dude. I had one time in the middle of a snowstorm, I had to climb up a pine tree in my robe at like 6.30 in the morning to get my Gowie 200 out of the tree because I just had to fly before work and it was snowing. Wow. So many really? questions. So yeah, many questions. me too. <laughs> <laughs> just don't know where to go with that one, Rob. Is there a video of you climbing the tree? I'd really like to see that. Dude, that would be great, but there's not. Damn, there's I don't believe you that. Kids saw me do it. Oh, okay. Never mind. I can't say so, that. So, Scott. Yes. I'm guessing that Devin didn't do a fucking anything this weekend and we should just move on. He didn't do anything this last week. Well, this kind of sounds like because yeah. jets are stupid. Oh, uh, well, I, I, <laughs> I do got a little bit. I got all the parts for my V2 gasser. That's all here and ready to be built. Yay. Nice. Why isn't it built yet? Because I got the parts on Friday to finish it. He needs a windscreen for that big-ass muffler. And then I went flying. We're coming down hard on Devin today. I like it. You opted for jets over building a helicopter? Seriously, dude. Ouchie. Tough crowd tonight. I I question your commitment, dude. Mm -hmm. Didn't realize it was the, uh, what is it, the Jet Nation. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) It's not the Jet Nation. I see turbines are us. (laughs) Rob. So you got the parts. Are you going to start? Are you? Does that mean? Yes, I started month. I'm going to start building it tonight and tomorrow when I get up. So that way it's ready to fly for RCHO. And that is you're coming. Yeah, I'm coming to RCHO. Bruh, bruh. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'll be there Thursday. Oh, I won't. (laughs) When are you leaving? (laughs) Uh, Sunday. Thursday. (laughs) <laughs> all right, cool. I'll be there Saturday and Friday night. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's about all I can handle you for. So same, can't stand your <laughs> shit. So, exactly. I got a question about RCHO. What, what do you just take ninety five south to get there? No, we do not. We go Where out you- and we go out into Pennsylvania and down eighty one. Is it? Oh, you do. Yeah. Do you know where Pennsylvania is? In the so you come through Carlisle. You come through where I live. You come over to Harrisburg and go south. Yes, because then we cut in and go towards Fredericksburg and get on yes. 95 in Virginia. I've got a task for you. Uh-oh. You need to pick Dan up. No, you got to pick something up for me that will be at RCHO. 
what? okay what and then you got to get in touch with me you got to call me when you're coming back through so i can meet you like i don't know somewhere <laughs> <laughs> this is starting and, to sound uh, like one of my outros dude and um you can give me said item that item? you pick up for me at RCHO. said location at, at said location at said location <laughs> no more to come we'll talk about this in a minute oh, what yeah. else did you do dude that's basically it oh, you suck <laughs> i'm gonna have to talk i'm gonna have, yeah. have to talk with your dad we got to do something about this devin uh Proper well spanking. rcho will be good will yeah be real i'm good. expecting some good stories from that if if not there will be really good stories through me and Scott because something stupid will happen when we're together. So, <laughs> yeah, does it involve Bodo's lube? Especially there, dude. <laughs> it, it, it involves SAB lube. <laughs> I hear Scott yeah. mumbling in the background. What'd you say, dude? I said especially with with at RCHO, me and you. Like, oh my god, they bought a sofa to set on fire for us to fly smack over again. Again, we're doing again? it. Oh my yeah, God, great. Set fire and just go. And I want to do it tandem with you smacking over a sofa that's going to be a midair close. All right. It's going to be sick. Bring a helicopter you don't like. I'll just bring a helicopter. It doesn't have to be one I don't like. Nice. I think I'm going to do it with the N7. Oh. What? Really? <laughs> Dan, can <laughs> I borrow your N7? That. I don't know. I got a spare airframe. Fuck it. Fuck it. Do it. You only Get live once. Man. I want to see that shit. Well, whatever, Actually, yeah. whatever parts are good after you're done, I'll, I'll take them. No problem. <laughs> yeah, I'll drive them up for you <laughs> with the other stuff. Yeah. All if right, they Dad, smell funny on. and they're kind of soggy, don't worry yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, sorry, I got boring <laughs> there at the end. <laughs> what, if they're soggy, don't worry about it? Yeah. <laughs> if they smell funny and they're soggy, I don't know, man. That that, that sounds inviting. They might I have some like. burnt spots on them, too. Just use a wipey. <laughs> a wipey. <laughs> All right, who's next? Oh, I'll go. All right. Uh, not sure if you guys knew or not. Last weekend was the Queen City Heli Throwdown event in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, yes. Kind of a cool event. I think this is the third year in a row we've done it. But third year in a row that they've pulled the plug on night flying. So Why? everyone was pretty upset about that. They were kind of grumpy. They told us this year that we were, you know, green light for Saturday night night flying. So everyone got a little excited. Everyone started making plans. And then they pulled the plug again a week later. So, obviously, everyone was pretty pissed. So, we had <laughs> 20 registered pilots, which is terrible. I think we had, like, upwards of 60 the past couple of years. So, we told the club it was going to happen. They weren't going to make a bunch of money from this, and it's it's really their fault. So, not Why sure if they we're going to do that. They, they just keep doing that. They keep, like, egging us on kind of thing because they like the money. Like, every club likes money from helicopter sure. events. They bring sure. more than airplane events, and, and yeah. it's just a good time. So they keep trying to bend the club rules. Apparently the lease for the land lists that you can't pile on race, fly jets, screw you, Devin, or night fly. Huh. Well, that's a lame lease, man. Let's get it. They need it like a different, I guess if there's nowhere else to go to, to have your field, you got to do what the landlord says. Yeah. I mean, and if you've seen this field too, like it's not, it's not movable. We have a physical clubhouse building, like a real building with AC and stuff. And this, yeah. It's like a miniature triple tree kind of thing. Okay. Like if you were to take just the 3D line and separate it out, it's like that. <laughs> huh. So. You guys got to convince those dudes that night flying ain't so bad. 
Yeah, they, they, they're all plankers, right? That's the yeah, problem. totally. They're all plankers, yeah. and they're, yeah. they're they're scared they don't want to lose a field and stuff. So they're never going to do it just for helis. I mean, it's a cool field, but they're, I don't think they're going to change. I don't know. I'm Maybe so, I'm guessing I get something. It. What, I get would you, what would you yeah. lose? I don't get it. Like, how would you lose the field? They lose their lease nice safely. Yeah, the owner of the land will pull the plug because I guess the deal is they came with an agreement with them and the city of Charlotte or Monroe, wherever it's technically residing. Yeah. Um, that that lady tried to get it shut down. I guess her son is a lawyer and he was worried that a Jimungus jet was going to fly through her house. So they came up with a bunch of like regulations we had to abide by um, oh. those three primarily in order to keep the field. So Got if we it. break them, they could lose the lease and lose the land and possibly get sued or something. I'm not sure how bad it can get, but um, they just, they don't want any part of it. And it is what it is really. Yeah. Yeah. And all you can really try to do is change the landlord or the owner of the land's mind. But if that, if even if that works and another neighbor is like, I don't like this, then you got to deal with the city. Exactly. Lame. Just so want to fly at night and not break shit on other people's property, right? That's what we want to exactly. do. Exactly. Yeah. And they're miles away. Like it's not even close, but. You'd be out of like signal range before you got there. Exactly. They were talking about trying to get like an exception just for events, like once or twice a year to see if they'll permit it. Oh, but yeah. at this point, I think they've kind of tarnished the name. Like, I don't think anyone's showing up next year. So we're kind of on the fence whether we're going to try or not try again or not. So oh, that's a shame. Yeah, it really is. I hate seeing stuff die. But, <clears throat> you know, we'll, we'll start another one. Like we started Race City Rotorfest and those guys love helis and they love night flying. So we'll just transition the effort to that. Something like that. Right. Um, assuming the club doesn't work with us. They, they told us they're going to try and get an exception. They'll know by January. So that gives me plenty of time to decide if I'm going to do the same thing in October next year. Cool beans, man. Yeah. But I mean, it sucks when plans like that change, right? Absolutely. I hate when they change it. If they just tell yeah. us no to begin with, it's easier. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody but, knows what to expect. Yeah. It wasn't a total loss. I mean, obviously it was only 20 of us, but it was like mostly a main guys. Nick Maxwell showed up and like five other really hardcore guys that were in it for a good time. So it was just like hanging out of the field with some of the best bros you can hang out with. So that hey, was, it was still fun. At least that's cool. Yeah, I had a blast. So whatever. <laughs> if the club didn't make money, we had a good time. Who cares? Did you crash anything? Uh, you somebody else's. Mr. Daniel Bridgen, I'm very sorry I planted your 380. Um, he did tell me to, and it was a hell of a flight, and it was screaming, but it, it went in pretty hard. I think there was like 15 skid bumps in that flight, and I dug the tail in hard, and it went in because the servo link broke. Like in flight, like I didn't break it in the crash. I broke well, it skid dang. bumping, and then I had two servos and a tail of control, and I was like, shit, 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 and it went in. <laughs> <laughs> So, my bad, bro. Um, I think it was blade skids, and that was it. It wasn't too bad. A couple links. So, nice. he wasn't mad. He was he was okay with it. Um, and then Boy Scout showed up. So, they had arranged, I guess, with a local Boy Scout group. Um, what do you call those? That's not a, a club troop, or something. Troops. Troop. There we a go. Troop. The local yeah. troop of Boy Scouts. So, about maybe 15 kids showed up. And we had a buddy box set up. We had a bunch of lipos and I buddy boxed, you know, all 15 kids on, on my nice. 700 raw. Fun. Yeah. I sounds great, like right? Sounds like it'll be a wonderful time. Yeah. But all but two of these kids wanted to see this thing explode and that's all uh, they wanted. 
Really? Um, I, don't know if you, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever clicked over in Buddy Box to someone already at full stick deflection, like off axis <laughs> rolling. Oh, oh no. my God. <laughs> You're like, oh shit, no, and take it back. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm like, okay, it's yours in three, two, one, click. And this kid's already in full corners, like both corners. Oh my God. I'm like, holy shit. No, and they're like, oh, work. we're doing flips. We're doing this. And I am getting the biggest mental workout of my life to catch this thing before it hits the ground. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> yeah. And it's my heli, too. I'm like, oh God. You're going to have PTSD from that event, dude. Holy yeah, shit. I'm not even kidding, dude. My hands were shaking. My knees were shaking just because it was like, think fast, uh, you know? Here's a helicopter well, wildly out of control multiple it's times. Like can, it's not like you can stop and be like, all right, stop it. And start yelling at <laughs> all the kids, you know? Yeah. God. We had to be super nice and like, oh, let's try and keep it in one spot. And the kid's like, okay, corners. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I'm but standing I, in one spot. I don't know what you mean. Yeah. Speaking of that, oh, there was, I mean, it was awesome doing this with the kids. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm making jokes now, laughing about it, but it was really cool to do that for them. But there was this one kid yeah. where the mom couldn't even get the kid to stand in line because they kept like basically doing backflips almost. They were so, they had so much energy and they were just freaking out that they had to stand in line. So he finally got up to it and his mom had to like bear hug him from the back, lift him up and plop him down to try and get him to take the radio. And he like wouldn't even put his hands on the radio. And I'm like, this is going to go so bad, this kid, because he's so (laughs) wired. I don't even know what to expect. And then finally, like he broke free of his mom, ran up and kicked my helicopter. And I was like, oh, this is great. (laughs) I love this. Love kids. Oh, my word. Wow. (laughs) Scott, yeah. I think I've seen you do that before, though. Kick your helicopter out of joy. Yeah, but it's mine, though. Yeah, it's different. So it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's like the dog, you know? It's my dog. I can kick it. Nobody yeah, else don't can, you kick my dog. Kick it. <laughs> Why you kick my dog? Why <laughs> <laughs> you no touch my heli? Oh, man. But, yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Um, I, I obviously didn't get mad at the kid. I laughed when he kicked it. And I was like, oh, you know, don't do that. These are expensive. Go away. <laughs> So you Inside got some like, like Uber yeah. like orientation recovery skills down that day. Yeah. I finally caught a glimpse of why they why they invented condoms. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh. Jesus god. <laughs> I'm joking. That's, oh that's funny. No. It was solid to do for little kids and and Jason Bell was a huge help. So I thought that Normally, whenever I buddy box, I'm the one that has to kind of talk to them, tell them what to do, explain how things work. And then I've got to give them the countdown. Three, two, one, click. You got it. And then try and walk them through at the same time, but also stay like somewhat mentally connected to the helicopter. So whenever they screw up, I've got to figure out real quick what to do. So Jason Bell was there. He, He was like sitting, squatting down with them. He went over the whole thing, explained what the sticks do, how to do it, walked them through when I clicked over to them. He was an awesome help. So literally I could focus on like just initial introductions with each kid and then work, focus on saving their ass so they don't hit the ground. So it was a huge like mental break kind of thing that, that he was there helping. So thanks Jason. Rock solid. Dang. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Um, other than that, uh, I think I mentioned Nick Maxwell showed up. So he was just ripping flights all day. I think because, you know, there wasn't a whole bunch of people. It was mostly just uh, like, 15 sponsored guys and five other people. He really got to have a good time. It was like he was just hanging out of the field, flying flights. I think he got like 10 or 15 flights in. I don't think I've ever seen him fly that much at an event. That's cool, man. 
Yeah, so I got a question cool about that. Yeah. Does his personal helicopter have his signature all over it as well? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was joking about it. Again, like yeah. like we heard on the other conversations we had, I don't think he really knew it was going to happen that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get yeah. it. He's a good sport. I totally. I've had him on. He's been on uh he's been on the show at some live events and I I was kidding on him pretty hard and he was good, <laughs> he was a good sport about it. He's always been a good sport about that. Nice. Yeah, he's super cool. Um, then the only other thing that happened was I managed to take possession of four Thunder Tiger Raptors. Oh, dang. Nice. Yeah, I'm super stoked. I got two 50s and two 90s. And yeah, like they're a ready to fly. Engines and everything. Fly bar. Oh, yeah. And I flew nice. one of them at the event, putting around a little bit. It needs some work. The tank had a leak and stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's repairable, whatever. But Damn, is it fun to fly those. It was bringing back some memories. Scott, I have an yeah. idea when it comes to that. Remember Mike Lewandowski's pinky? His rap- yeah. I think it was a Raptor 30 that he had. Yep. That's what we should do. What do you mean? Just fly the ever-living hell out of it until something breaks. No, they're classics now. I'd rather do new stuff that you can fix. Yeah, they oh, got okay. a Raptor Fine. 30. Yeah. There's I'll a- do a water flight with it because water's not going to break the airframe very much. Unless you do what Jeremiah did. Yeah, yeah, don't plow it. But if you clip the blades and go in, like, whatever. Cool. Yeah. But that was so so much fun. Had a great time. Yeah. Anything else? Mm, I think that was pretty much it. I mean, yeah. All right. Rob, how about you, dude? Save us. Dude. Save, save us. No, dude, my weekend, or my whole week, actually, was pretty good, man. I've been just... um kind of balls deep in heli nirvana for the whole week um flying this goblin um and the oxy uh getting them both dialed in um you know i was a little apprehensive at first with the you know because the msh brain i wasn't used to it it was foreign to me but it was super easy to set up you know and so i'm 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 I, i feel like i'm finally like up to speed to where all the because basically the whole industry is like yeah the brain we all did that you know what i mean but I just now did that and it, I like it. I'm enjoying it, you know, so I'm having fun setting it up, messing around with the different banks and stuff. And um, I uh, set up the auto level. I didn't do the recovery, but I just did the auto level on the Oxy 2 on my momentary switch just to try it, just to see. Because, you know, from the drone world, you fly the little tiny whoops around in um, in, act, or in auto level mode too, you know, so you don't flip out when you're going under your table and stuff. And so I'm like, well, I'm going to try this with the Oxy just to see what it feels like. And I was surprised that it worked. It was my first experience having an auto level on a helicopter. And, my, you know, I'm probably not going to myself personally use it for a practical reason. But the first thought that I had once I realized that that works well was when one of my kids decides they want to try this, I'll set up Buddy Box, but I'll set it up so that my momentary switch turns on the auto level for me on my radio but also gives out the sticks to the other radio. You know what I'm saying? So then I'll, I can fly it however I want when I release it. But then when I'm holding that for a trainer, when I'm holding that momentary, it'll switch to auto level and they'll control the, the gimbals and stuff. And then if they decide to go sticks full corner like my daughter, I've let her try to fly my drones a couple of times. And that's what she does. She just kind of hits the gas and has a brain fart. And I figure if I set up auto level, uh, for trying to train them, uh, at least on the helicopters, that'll at least keep them from drilling it into the ground. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so 
I'm nerdy excited about that. You know what I mean? Um, and dude, the James, you took really good care of these helicopters, man. Right out of the box, all I had to do was you know do a couple of things on the the 570 to get up in the air, got a shaft and a couple other little fiddly bits, right? But um, dude, they're they're just dialed in, and um, I bought these uh, um, MS Composite Rapid FBL blades off Heli Freak. Uh, really, um, or I'm sorry, Heli Direct. Really, just because they were the least expensive 570 size blades that I could get at the time, and I like the way they fly. They're, they're good, you know. And dude, the, the flip and roll rate on this Goblin is faster than I've I think, almost as fast as I had it on my Gowie 200. But it's a nearly 600 size helicopter, and it kind of took me back at first when I flipped to Bank Three to try it out. And just did just a front flip to see, and it was like, and it was done. I was like, holy shit, you know. <laughs> so yeah, those uh, those blades are no joke. They're good. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm really liking it. They're super light. It feels like the disc is like like there's not a disc, like there's no load on it. But I'm I'm floating on it, right? But I don't. You know how that some blades when you roll or flip, you can feel that the disc is fighting that. Like I don't know the gyroscopic, uh, whatever it, nerdy term it is for that. It's not like that on the Goblin, and I'm having a lot of fun. I will say, though, with that one, I leave it. I set bank one up as just kind of a, what did I say, like acro and a little bit slower, so all the rates are a little bit slower and stuff like that. And I find myself being able to do just super tight, big air stuff with that. And it's a weird kind of a discrepancy, I got to say, because, um, you know, I set up the, the 600 and the 500, uh, my Gowie X5 has the Beast X, so all three of those have the Beast X on them. And I kind of did just set it up and kind of set the stock settings, turn turn some things up just a little bit, right? And then I fly it. But I got to tell you what, the um, MSH brain just feels way more locked in stock than the Beast Xs do. I feel like I'm going to have to go back to the Beast Xs and start turning dials and fill in with some stuff that I just never really fucked with before. Um, so... Um, I, don't well, know. I have more That's, of those brains if you want some, dude. I I've got several yeah. of them, dude. I'm I'm liking it. I like the software. Um, the ease of use is nice. I like that. Because uh, one thing I've noticed, the, okay, so on the B stacks, you know, you can set up your sport, beginner, you know, extreme. And you can do those preset settings of expo and um, dual rates and the various, um, the way the heli behaves in the air, whatever. Or if you want, you can turn those off and just do it on your radio with your own dual rates and expo. And so for the ability for me to have the ability to change the feel of the heli on the fly, I set the beast X is up that way. But the brains, I like that the all the algorithms and all the rates and all the expo and stuff is all happening all in the same control loop in the box. You know, like people talk about with the V-bar and the banks and all the versus telling my radio to feed a translation of the input to the beast decks and then let the beast decks work on it. Right. I kind of wish now, and maybe the beast decks plus does this and, but I kind of wish that the beast decks had banks in it now that I have experienced them. Right. Um, but I well, it's know. part of that evolution, dude. It's, you know what yeah. I mean? The yeah. Evolution of that fly barless. Dude. And you, you, when you say that, it's cool because, I'll go out and fly these and it's like, a, it's cool to experience the evolution because I'll fly the beast X and then I'll fly the brain and you can just feel the difference between the two. And it's, it's like you, it's like you get to pass through like seven years of heli 
progression, you know, over a couple of packs kind of deal as far yeah. as like the control technology and stuff. And, you know, I'm still not in the market to be buying top dollar for like, you know, I can't afford a, uh, V bar with all the extra software and the radio and all the things. Right. But I definitely am, am enjoying getting, climbing up the ladder. Right. And at some point I haven't, uh, really had the time, the ability to spend time on that rotor flight concept. Um, just cause I've been having too much fun with what I've got already. Um, but I think I'm hopeful that by the time I set up rotor flight, enough people will be doing that. Well, they'll be, um, kind of like in the beta flight world, people will share their settings, their PIDs and their rates and stuff with each other. And they have the same kind of setup. So there, by the time I do that, there may be other folks that are, um, doing that already, you know, and I can just start with somebody else's template file, fly that, then, you know, maybe reset it and then set it up myself just to see how it, how it goes. But right. um, dude, yeah. So I've been, have I've been just, just soaking in this little heli nirvana here. I will say one thing that other kind of a, I, it's a good side effect, I guess, but one other side effect that I've noticed of since um, getting these other two helis going, I got getting these packs going and stuff. Um, you know, I'm the charge at home and bring the packs to the field kind of guy. Right. And I'm starting to collect up enough packs now where I have more packs. I, if I charge all my packs up, I have more packs than I have the ability to sit down and in the time to sit down and fly them all in one session. Right. So that's kind of interesting. So I'm starting to try to frankly figure out some sort of a cycle. Right. So that I don't leave. Like I got eight, seven cell batteries for this SAB um, 570. Right. Um, so I mean, if I could spend like four or five hours straight at the field, I could, I could burn through them all, you know, as long as I don't crash. But, you know, I usually got about an hour in me and then I, I got to stop. Otherwise I'm not, I stop paying enough attention or I start trying to do stupid shit and that gets expensive. Right. So I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I kind of like it because at least so far this week, every day that I wanted to fly, there's always been, uh, enough packs charged for me to at least fly three different helicopters if I wanted to, you know? Um, but, uh, so yeah, that's, that's kind of where I've been at. Like I said, at the beginning balls deep in heli Nirvana all week long. I didn't crash anything. Um, I, I didn't, uh, mess with the T-Rex 500. That's got the weird glitchy cutting out and stuff. I get, I feel like I'm going to have to tear all the electronics out of that. And that's start uh, over. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, that's kind of long, you know, that's a long winded task and I just don't feel like getting into it right now. So I haven't, um, but nice. Yes. Yes. So that's, that's my, uh, story and I'm sticking to it. Well, I got some flying in this week. Finally. Yes. Finally. Finally. Awesome. I was, I was worried about you there, Dan, for a minute. <laughs> Dude, I was busy. I, I mean, uh, the weather this weekend was just, perfect i mean it was no clouds no wind 72 degrees 73 degrees oh nice you gotta use that time it was great so the thing about my club that i fly at the most i belong to two of them here in the area and the one the one that i go to most often because it's just a lot nicer is you can't really fly in the morning. Well, you can, but you're going to be staring directly into the sun, right? Yeah, that's no good. Right. So I usually try to go out there around noon. 
and I don't charge at home. So I go to the field, you know, kind of sit down, charge some batteries, plug my radio in to ch- let it charge as well if it needs to, it needs a little bit. And I got the, uh, I only took the Soxos out mainly because I just wanted to get some plates in on that craft and kind of get a little more familiar with it. Yeah, um, yeah. One thing that I did notice was I don't I don't know why, but the Forza, I was immediately comfortable with that machine. Like I it just immediately felt good. Like really good. And I didn't really have to do anything. This the Soxos, although is a good machine, um there's some tuning that needs to be done to make it feel like I want it to feel. Uh, it yeah. feels a little loose, for, you know, a little looser than I prefer. I feel like I have to move the sticks too far to get it to do what I want it to do. Um, just some tuning issues. It's got nothing to do with the build itself or the machine itself. Sure, sure. So bothered Scott a little bit about that. <laughs> he was at his one fly. <laughs> Got a little bit of advice on what I should do. So kind of started doing that. And then, of course, uh, last week I mentioned I bought a Kraken, and that was supposed to be here Friday. I was really excited about it. Ordered in some parts, uh, in particular the um, 26 tooth tail pulley to fly that thing at a little lower head speed because I yeah. plan on flying it around somewhere in the neighborhood of 1950 to 2000. And it was suggested in the manual to buy the this other tail pulley. So I did that. Tried to order a new battery tray. <laughs> Wasn't successful with that because I'm, I don't know, I'm not computer literate. And for whatever reason, I couldn't get it. <laughs> couldn't click a button the right way? <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I couldn't get it to work. You want me so, to send you some? I have like 37,000 Kraken battery trays. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I wish know. I knew. I would have sent them with that logo. I know, right? And then, and then so then, yeah, the logo shows up. Beautiful little machine. I was, pre- it's impressive. Like, uh, you know, I'd, I still have some parts coming for it. So I don't, it ha- it's not ready to fly yet. But those, those little batteries, dude. They're <laughs> dude, cute, they're, right? They are cute. They're like little model batteries. Like you'd see them like on a, a model railroad way out, you know? <laughs> like a diorama. <laughs> yeah. Even on trays, like it's, it's adorable. I know they're on their own little tiny little trays and they got their tiny little, what are those, XT. Talking twenties? I don't even know XT what those 30s. are. XT thirty. Are they, is that an XT thirty on that? Yeah. No, it's smaller than that, dude. Isn't yeah, it? Yeah. No, it's because it's XT thirty, XT sixty, then XT ninety. XT sixties are what most RC. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 I, I might. Yeah. I might be thinking XT sixty in my head. Yeah. XT thirty. I gotta get. I I need to get order some of those, so I can build some charging leads. Yeah. Right. Oh, I'll but throw the, those in with the cracking trace. <laughs> but the um, it's a it's a pretty impressive looking little machine. Now, I, I obviously haven't flown it, but um, you know I don't have a very good track record with small helis. Um, but this one just has a it just I don't know it it just it doesn't when you pick it up and you hold it it feels like a real like a like a larger helicopter. You know it, it just feels like it's got some quality behind it, right? Carbon frames. Seems well built. Pretty excited to get it to get it in the air. Uh, wife thinks it's cute, so that's a plus. <laughs> and I'm excited to 
uh, be able to take that thing because it's tiny, right? And I can take it whenever we go camping and, and not freak people out. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, for sure. That's cool. And so the, the Kraken that I got from James, I bought a Kraken from James, uh, gave me a hell of a deal on it. Thanks, James. Um, it was supposed to be here Friday. It didn't show up. Then it was supposed to be here today and it didn't show up. Uh, so now I'm starting to get a little worried that it might be lost. And so James kind of digs into it and finds out that s- somehow there was a mix up this morning. It was supposed to go out today, but it didn't. They assure me that it'll be there tomorrow. It's not lost. They claim they know where it's at. It's supposed to be in the local sorting facility, but so that'll be here. And to kind of lead into what I had mentioned earlier with um, you, Devin. Yeah. I may have bought another Kraken. Oh my God. What? <laughs> yeah. You're a Kraken addict. <laughs> You're uh, an SAB addict now. Jesus. I know. I'm totally Whoa. a fanboy. You fanboy. Uh, <laughs> dude, good price, used airframe. Probably won't get it flying for some time because I got to get, I, I don't have, can that thing fit a 55, OS 55, or is it just a 50? I don't know. Do you know, Scott? Oh, the you talk, oh, you bought the Nitro Kraken. Yeah, the Nitro oh, 580 Nitro. Yeah. No, he's so you got one 55 in there, no problem. 55. Yeah. 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 So Gasser. I got to get all that stuff, and I'm not going to be in a rush to get all that because I've spent too much money on helicopters in the last few weeks. <laughs> so <laughs> do you, yeah. do make you it want a gas 60? Do you have a YS60? I do. And I have nothing to put it in. Oh, what do you want for it? I got to give a you some solid ass high five. Oh my God. That's a great deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it's something, you know, we'll work something out, but yeah, something. Yeah. I mean, uh, I was going to order probably in a week or two, I was going to order a 55 OS 55 for it. Uh, I got a, I still have to get servos for it and everything. Um, but it's going to be at RCHO. Ah, I see where this is leading. So, initially, when I was talking to the guy, I bought it from, and I cannot remember his name, Scott, you know who it is. Thomas Mabry. Yes. He was saying that if I know anybody that's going to be at RCHO, and then I was thinking, well, I know Devin's going to kind of come through here, but I was thinking maybe you were going to go down, you guys go down like 95, right? And that it'd be like a big, you know, inconvenience and for both of us, actually, to try to meet up that way, time-wise, and, you know, just out of your way, that kind of thing. But if you're coming down 81, make sure, talk to your dad, make sure you guys are going to be going through Carlisle. Yeah. Or Harrisburg. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, if When I talk to my dad, because he's thinking about going down to RCHO 95, because we're going to be leaving here at like 11 o'clock at night Thursday, because I have school, right. which isn't so bad, but that doesn't mean we can't come home 91. It makes no well, difference which way to come home. Don't do it if it's like, if that wasn't what, what your plan is, I don't want you to do it just for my sake because literally it's not going to, it costs hardly much to ship it. It's nah, tiny, right? It's, it's so. no difference in time, really, because if we okay. hit traffic on 95, it comes out to be the same thing. It's like a 20 minute difference to go up 81 to get home. Yeah, just let me know. We'll figure it out. I'll let Thomas know one way or the other and um, we'll get that sorted out. Yeah, of course. And let's see. Ordered some new blades in, some rails. 
Are they rails? Synergy. Rails? Yeah, they're rails. Yeah, rails. Yep. 696s and some tail blades. Because I don't know if the Kraken comes with blades or not. The uh, Uh, 700. Yeah. All SCB kits now come with blades. Yeah, that's what I was figuring. Um, I still have the blades on the uh, Forza that needs to be. It's sadly sitting on its side next to me going, do something with me, man. (laughs) Don't forget Don't just leave me. me here. Cats, they crawl on me, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so we got that. So now it's story time. Gather around, children. I, so let me ask you guys this question. Have you ever have you ever been doing something regardless of what it was? And something kind of takes over, and there's like if you could cut and paste a very short time of you know a span of time whether it's one or two seconds or 10 seconds or whatever and and that just feels like it's drawn out and it kind of feels like an eternity does that does that make sense to what i'm saying here like something happens right you're like oh my god that was only a split second but it felt like it took you know for an hour right yes yes yeah Yeah. my sex life (laughs) (laughs) like walking up the back tires on a motorcycle sliding towards the uh, passenger side of a door of a car that cut you off that's a slow moment right there dude Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's exactly what happened and Devin you should never say that in public again (laughs) (laughs) I gotta gotta watch out now (laughs) he doesn't care felt good to him (laughs) he got his man that's all that matters so anyway here we are and um, I'm putting a battery into the uh, Soxos. And I used, to, I used to make the Y harness, right? That for the series, it's series, right? I don't, yeah. I'm not good. Yeah, series Y. Yeah. Yep. Where it kind of limits you, right, to <laughs> what can be plugged into where. But now I'm using the, or, uh, the Pro Plus solderless sixes or whatever they're called yeah i've got them color coordinated kind of uh for the most part uh and shorter leads that are plugged in together right that connect the negative to the positive on the on the battery and so here i am i do that and uh, i'm grab i grab onto the leads that go to the esc and i start it's like i forgot where i was at like I forgot that I'd already, but I didn't because in my mind I'm thinking this is this is about to happen, and and, and I don't <laughs> stop myself. Right? Oh no! I'm thinking my and I, I'm literally going. Yeah, I remember once I I wired up a a BEC into a well actually it was the Forza way back in the day wired it up wrong, and I went to connect them and and it and you know pssst, just right? let the magic and, smoke and, out. Yeah, and this this. This thought creeped into my mind as I'm slowly bringing these two connectors together. Oh, no. It, just in my mind, I'm going, you need to stop. But I didn't stop. I literally wow. was saying in my mind, Dan, you, you, you should fucking stop because what you're stop about plugging. to do is going to end poorly. Oh, no. And wild. But, I, but I didn't. <laughs> and I almost knew it was going to happen because I was just... At, a microsecond before it happened, I was imagining 
those leads disintegrating in my hands. <laughs> right? Some amateur Deja welding with that battery. Up. And so sure as shit, I connected the two leads that were to go to the ESC into each other. Oh, shit. So you closed the whole battery up, basically. You closed the whole battery onto itself. Was it already in series, or was this yes. the series connection? No, the oh, other end was plugged in already. The other end was plugged in already. Oh, hell. So you did 12 you that last. short. And so, of course, I don't know what was worse. The fact that I knew <laughs> in my mind that I was about to fuck this up and did nothing about it and just let it happen. Like, something <sighs> inside of me was just like, just, oh, fuck just it. Let's see going. what happens. You know? <laughs> it's like, you ever been driving down the road and you're like, you're like so close to just like, fucking turning the wheel like yeah. you just like, what happens if I drive off the road you know I just want to see what happens intrusive yeah. thoughts yeah. yeah and it and I did nothing to stop it and I did nothing to stop it so mm. obviously <laughs> God's energy is released upon me <laughs> and right. so I quickly pull them apart they didn't well, weld together Holy well, shit. they didn't weld together they I don't know if I pulled them apart or they just fucking evaporated yeah. a little bit of both yeah. probably <laughs> and i don't know what was worse i'm standing there with black hands right and i'm yeah. thinking first my thought is okay i don't feel like anything's burnt but i also know that when you get severe trauma you don't necessarily feel it yeah not initially right so give it five minutes but yeah. the worst part was there was like six plankers standing about 10 feet away. Oh, no. <laughs> and so That's then I not was good for the heli representing the heli world. Oh, no. <laughs> it wasn't. And so I'm like, I'm sitting there and I'm going, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> what the fuck? And I'm looking at this, I'm like, got this battery and I'm kind of like looking at it. Going, Jesus, head like, I really oh, don't oh, understand oh, what oh, just oh, happened oh, here. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, oh my God. I think and I got a faulty battery. I got to admit, initially I'm like, what the fuck did just happen? Right. I, I, I was seriously confused for a short amount of time. And then I just remember thinking that was fucking stupid, dude. Yeah. Right. And I'm looking at my hands and they're, dude, they're black and I, I can't see my skin. Yeah. Dang, dude. And hey, what? That was, Dan, that was fucking stupid, dude. That was fucking stupid. I know that. <laughs> and so I'm like, I don't know. I, 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 so finally one of the planker comes over to me and he goes, you all right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> you know, I had a bottle of water and I washed my hands best I could. And there's no, nothing. I got lucky. No. No, no burn, no nothing got hurt on me. Good. Except my fucking ego, right? But he's like, so did you figure out what happened? I'm like, yeah, I know what happened. I said, there's only one logical fucking explanation, right? <laughs> I fucked up. I plugged in the battery into itself. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, I didn't hurt anything in the hilly. I said, well, no, because the electricity never had a fucking chance to get to the helicopter. <laughs> right I never even left the battery as far as I was concerned it was miles away from the helicopter right yeah I mean might as well have been and so I'm washing my hands real good and I'm just for, I was a little concerned about my pinky because I it it kind of felt numb on the tip and that's not a good sign <laughs> no a numb tip is <laughs> but, never a good sign dude <laughs> so I washed my hands off real good and and nothing no no damage there so uh, I, I at that point I'm like, well, when you start making mistakes like that, it's probably time to go home. 
because, yeah. Yeah. you yeah. know, it's like, obviously my mind wasn't in the game and I let that happen. And I knew I, sh- I mean, I, I knew it. I knew, I knew it was happening when it was happening, but I, I don't know how to explain it, guys. It was weird. It was a weird moment. I've been there, dude. I know what you, exactly what you mean. You know, it's just like your motor function just stays out of the control loop and your brain's like, wait, no. Nah, you need uh, to stop. Yeah. This isn't just, right. Something's happens. not right here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've been there. So is the, is the pack cooked or, I mean, it, so exactly. maybe one or two of the cells took a pretty heavy flood, I'm sure, but. So that was my next concern. It's like, now, now what? Now I've got this battery that's had this extreme release of energy bazillion gigawatts yeah and you know is the is the pack going to be all right and is it going to become volatile you know is it going to start to puff is it going to do whatever these goddamn little bricks of nuclear energy do when you don't take care of them so So, i i left the pack out uh you know i've got a i don't know it's like a pelican case that i have made foam inserts for all my batteries and I left it out of there and I put it on the floor of the running board on the car at my feet, kind of, where I could, if something did start to happen, I could potentially <laughs> get it out of the car. Just kick it out. <laughs> um, brought it home, built a little, out of brick, built a little bunker for it, kept it outside. The extra safe, Ben, for sure. I just wanted to make sure that it, I mean, I didn't want like to be sleeping at three o'clock in the morning and go, what the fuck's that smell? <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't on, be right? good. Yeah. So I ended up, uh, today, I, I, after I got home from work, I cut the leads, uh, put new connectors on, and everything looks good. The cells are all, you know, relatively close in voltage. Um, uh, I didn't check the IR. Nope. No, nothing's puffing. Nothing looks bad. So I'm going to ride it out and see what happens with this battery and see if I, you know, I'll mark it or something. And, and if I notice any weirdness with it, I'll toss it. But yeah, it's You're just one of those okay. moments, man. One of those, yeah. one of those uh, blonde moments. So you, you didn't even get a chance to redeem yourself and go from brain farts to blade farts. You just had to go home and just be done. I just didn't. It just was like, I just, I said, man, I, I mean, I, am I, I don't know. I'm tired. I don't know. But for yeah. whatever reason, I was making very poor decisions. <laughs> and and um, I just said, yeah, it's time to go home. So I, I packed it up. Yeah. Word. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's the right my, decision. You know, that's the right choice to make in, in that the situation. You, you know, things start feeling like you're, you're, you're pushing through, like pushing uphill to get it done. And you might as well just right. stop, you know. Yeah. Totally embarrassing moment, though. <laughs> I bet. And then I sent you guys, I sent, uh, we have a group chat, obviously, here with the podcast. And so I sent those guys a picture, a picture of the lead later that night when I got home. It was pretty like, burnty, burnt and scorchedy looking there, dude. Oh, yeah, dude. Those, the whole, well, I don't know what, I, I didn't take the plastic case off, but as much as you could see of the connector is just completely fucking gone, right? It, I mean, it's all gone. Yeah. And, so, um, so I got a question for you. Sure. Like, okay. So these RC Pro Plus connectors, if I'm not mistaken, you can get them as individuals where it's basically a bullet with a particular s- bigger or smaller square around it. Or you can get them as uh, an end where both of them are 
fused together with this little like rubber thing around it. That's that's what's on my packs, right? It's just a regular connector, right? So it, since you make up your own adapters anyway, uh, maybe it would. Couldn't you make up an adapter or make it make your packs in a way where the two long leads result in a regular connector to your ESC, and the two short leads are the bullets you plug together? And then when you want to charge it, um, I guess you'd have to make an adapter. Right, so that you could charge it, and the no, thing, you can still use the same. Can you I mean, split, still got the same? Can you break them apart, like the long side? Can you pop them apart or put them together? Or no, you don't need to. Just use singles on just, your charger. Yeah, just use a single yeah. on your charger. Well, and well, logic and reason will get you nowhere with me, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. No, I mean, I you know, yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> I used to do the bullet thing before in the past too, and I remember how you had to be like, unless you did your lengths a certain way, because uh, I had to do two cells on the old Gowie 425 because they didn't have any room under the canopy and you couldn't fit a six cell pack. You had to do two, three cells. So we did it that way, did the short leads in series, the long leads to the ESC, but they were all bullets, but they were like male and female. And, uh, and But I would try to color code them the right way and stuff, but I did that same thing that yeah. you've done. But with much less voltage, right? So, well, Scott just shared, and uh, for those of you who aren't privy to our group chat, will no, <laughs> not know what I'm talking about. But Rob, if you want to take a look, Scott just shared a picture of exactly what you're talking about. And yes, oh, yeah, look at that. This I is do the same thing as that. I, yeah, I should probably go to this. Yes. Yeah, d- definitely the safest because there's no. Well, it's really hard to screw that up at that point. Yeah. And I kind of do the same thing now. I, I did that at first, then I moved away from it. And what I do now is I just have two long and two short. So each individual 6S has one long, one short. So it's really not likely that you'll plug them into each other. But see, I, that's what I have. That's Dude, not only do I have them long and short like that, yeah. but I also have fucking, Orange. I also have shrink wrap oh. color-coded. I can't help you, bro. <laughs> yeah, dude, I don't know what to say. I'm beyond help. Is I want to do that. I like the way that wi- that wiring is done. And then you just unsnap the short ones, and then you you plug the single end on each side, and then the other side of the single end and the long side for each of the packs. I get you. Yeah. Exactly. Makes sense. Word. Totes. Yeah, it's, I do then need not, to do something like that. So stop welding your packs, Dan. You want to fly them, not <laughs> weld them. That's a bad thing. That's a that's not how undesired works. effect. You make heat a different way. Yeah, I know, right? Anyway, that was my blonde moment for the week. I hope not to have too many of those. It was discouraging. I'm not gonna lie. It really, because I was just getting to the point where I was starting to change some tuning parameters, trying to get the heli to feel the way I wanted it to feel, starting to feel better about it, and um, getting it at least. I don't know, dialed in by my standards, dialed in, you know, and yeah. then I do this. Yeah, it's, um, if it makes you feel it's better, crazy. I've done a little bit worse. Oh, so do tell. I, I used to have the Y harness with those D6 connectors, and right. I didn't even bring the helicopter into the loop, kind of like you did, but I did double D6 to double D6 on the battery into oh, each other. Oh, dang, dude. <laughs> Complete dumbass move. Like, way dumbass. <laughs> Did you get burnt? Oh, yeah. Hands black, painful, burnt skin. Like, it was pretty bad. Oh, man. I got yeah. lucky, dude. I really did. Because I had no pain, no burn. Hands completely black, though. 
Yeah. Did your yeah. vision go light dark? Because I just remember like a flash of light and then dark and then it came back and I was like, holy shit, what happened? No, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't notice anything off with the vision. I think I closed my eyes because I knew what the fuck was going to happen. <laughs> I'm serious about that. You're I, I mean, consciously sabotaging yourself over there. Look, I am wow. not kidding when I say there was a moment in time that felt like it took a long time as I was bringing those connectors together going, dude, you know exactly where this is fucking going. But yet I didn't do it. I didn't do anything about it. That's crazy. Dude, you know it what that is, is Dan? Dan, you're slightly psychic, and now you know that you're slightly psychic. See, that's what happened. You just didn't know how to react to it. Your regular just, self was just like, oh, I'm just going to do this. But your psychic <laughs> self was like, dude, you're going to fuck that up, man. I think I'm slightly dumb is what that boils down to. <laughs> that's why I said Deja blew his ass up earlier. <laughs> <laughs> slightly? I know, right? That was I could have, dude, that could have ended very, very very poorly. It could have been way worse, to be honest. Yeah. Like using your glow plug starter to stir up your fuel before you fly. <laughs> have you done that? <laughs> no, no, but it sounds like something that Dan would do. Oh, oh my, my god. That sounds like something Dan would dude, fuck you. He has one <laughs> on moment. <laughs> oh god. Now he's got a rep. <laughs> okay. You can have that one. All right. Now I Besides can't wait that, for Rob's turn to be like, well, I did this stupid shit today and Dan's going to be like, ha, fuck you. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's your moment. He's going to be like, I stirred my nitro with my glow start. <laughs> <laughs> did you at least get to, to fly the heli and like try the different tuning or was that? I did. That was easy. I did. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I didn't get too far. Um, I, you know, I, I was, uh, you know, I'd, I'd made, I think, two or three changes and I will, I will say the changes that you suggested, and then I kind of started making, because I told you I can't remember what that setting was, style, I believe, or something. Mm -hmm. uh, I turned that down, and I was liking where it was headed, and I, I just had turned the rates up a little bit. I didn't want to go too big a, at a time. And I was starting to, I was like, yeah. And let me explain, by the way, the di what I'm trying to, to do. What well, I kind of did, I guess. But, you know, the thing is, is, the heli to, to me feels very, very floaty and maybe that's not a bad thing, but I, I just, I want it to react a little bit quicker with smaller movements, right? Yeah. Like and less not feel expo. like I really have to stretch on the gimbal to, yeah. to make it, you know, that's so the way the force is felt to me. It sounds yeah. like you want it slightly more agile. I do. I do. Although it fly, dude, the heli flies great. It sounds awesome, and dude, it looks need, really nice. Need to get, yeah, sure. Lane took some nice photos of that machine. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So that was my week. Exciting, right? Yeah, for nice sure. Little, nice little horror story <laughs> to relate. Dude, yeah, really? that'd be scary, dude. That's a that's a dirty pants moment almost, dude. <laughs> Fucking pucker up big time. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> pants moment. Come on, man. Brown alert mode. Yeah, dude. Uh, code brown. The brown note. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, guys. Well, that's my week, and I think maybe I don't know what we're gonna do this week. We're gonna have to without Nick here to do the news, so we're gonna have to try to I don't know flounder through the news. Does anybody have any news? Pretty sure nothing happened. Shall not pass. 
<laughs> nothing new nothing in the news this week guys all right then moving on yeah well with yeah. that next seriously nobody has any news so yeah. oh you yeah. got a rub you got a rub go for it okay i'll go for it so there is a little bit of news this i will not lie uh Nick has all the wisdom when it comes to finding uh, stuff that's going on and keeping his ear to the ground, right? And so he did point out that um, there was a new video that was released on the Heli, um, the Heli Direct YouTube channel, and it is for uh, Eagle Gr- Eagle Drift. There was a, I guess, an interview with Vincent. Eagle Griff, yeah, no, Eagle Drift <laughs> Motors. Uh, Vincent Offerbeck uh, had an interview with um, Sean over there, and they talked a lot about uh, the motors and some new things that are coming. Um, I guess they're gonna um, they're working on a speed controller that uh, they'll be able to have kind of presets or kind of settings that'll uh, work directly with the Eagle Drift motors. And you know, I think they're trying to expand the brand too, so they're looking at getting into. Uh, possibly uh working on a, a set of blades uh you know so that they can uh be able to do, you know basically have just kind of a power bundle that you know, a person could get you know you go get your heli you get your kit and then go get an ego drift power pack that's got the motor the speed controller and a set of blades for that particular size heli that you're going to run um you know there's lots of blade manufacturers out there you know it's not like ego drift is trying to make the best blades that have ever existed, but they're going to make some badass blades. I'm sure, you know, everything else that they've made seems to be turning to gold. You know, I haven't got a chance to try the Eagle drift motor, but I'd love to try them. I think, you know, one of these days I'd like to buy one and and give it a rip. Right. Um, Especially, you know, I'm kind of interested to see how this is going with a speed controller will go. You know, Um, I know like Scorpion, they make motors and speed controllers. So they've been doing that for a while. Um, Contronic makes, did Contronic make a motor? I don't know if they do. Yeah, they're called um, Pyro. So like yeah. Pyro, Pyro, that's right. Yeah, Pyro the Contronic's Pyro. And then so um, Eagle Drift, hopefully they'll be able to sell the deal. You know, I think that just watching from the wings, just kind of watching this company kind of very, uh, very steadfastly and deliberately growing their, their business. They just kind of snuck up on everybody and they're making great shit. So stay tuned for more info about the speed controllers and, and where they're going to be. You know, at the time of that recording, that was at Urcha. So it's been a little bit of time since that video, that actual interview occurred. It just, the video just got released, but so I'm sure there's, there's even more news out there. If you want to go troll around Eagle Drift's website or uh, uh, some of the, you know, some of the Facebook groups and stuff like that, I'm, I'm sure we're getting closer um, to seeing something like that on the market or at least people testing it and stuff. So uh, stay tuned for that. It'll be pretty rad. I think uh, I always like new fun things, especially in the electronic side of stuff, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, Ego Drift news that we had on here. Um, this one's kind of interesting, too. I guess I, um, you know, Real Flight, folks still use Real Flight for their sims. And uh, I guess they're uh, announcing a pre order of Real Flight Evolution. Uh, I guess they're uh, uh, going to be putting it out on the Steam platform, so you'll be able to download or download it right from Steam. Uh, it's kind of a Windows-only thing still. Uh, you won't be able to do it on a Mac, but uh, it looks like they've added some uh, more fields. They've got Triple Tree on there, which is pretty cool, the Triple Tree Aerodrome, and a couple uh, more plank uh, that you can fly in there. Uh, no new helis, uh, it looks like. Uh, let's see. 
other new features. There's an improved interface, uh, compatibility via USB, the wide range of spectrum transmitters. Uh, if it's USB, the Radio Master TX16S should work just fine on there. Uh, the Spectrum WS1000, that's what I use, the little, uh, or the WS2000, I'm sorry, the little wireless dongle. That would work on here, I'm sure. Uh, Pre-orders are open now at horizonhobby.com. Release date is sometime this November. Uh, looks like they'll be offering uh, subscription and a la carte options for new models as they're released at an additional cost. So you'll be able to get upgrades through Steam. I'm sure they'll just update that um, your app for you. Um, so, yeah, so stay tuned for that. Um, winter's coming, so everybody's going to start uh, hunkering down um, and uh, doing some sim time, you know. Sounds especially like, uh, Devin. Especially Devin, especially man. Yeah. yeah, people that are afraid of cold weather, you know. So, uh, yeah, so stay tuned for that. Um, and uh, that's really all we got for regular news of the week. Anybody uh, else got anything? No, I don't think so. <laughs> no. Devin, you don't have any news? Maybe some battery technology that'll help Dan not plug in leads in the wrong Oh, spot. my God. Double Dan. A's. There you go. Double A's, Double yeah. A's. <laughs> Double A's, rechargeable with the little thing where you put like four of them in a the little plastic box and plug it into the wall. Yeah. It's real hard oh, to yeah, lick dude. both ends yeah. at the same time with double A's. Oh my god! It just gives you a little tingle. You might enjoy it. <laughs> we got to get in that motor that we had on the news a few episodes back, where it was the mice and they chased the cheese. Because you probably can't get that wrong, unless you put the cheese your... backwards. Maybe it's you know yeah. does something <laughs> differently. Put, Dan, we'll come up there and Dan will have all these mice dead with cheese hanging out their ass. I thought I did it right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you're all fired <laughs> all y'all okay <laughs> okay all right then hmm. boy nick's really gonna be disappointed in the news he's gonna be like these guys <laughs> seriously they can't yeah. even put together some news what's up what's up with that I mean, it's really nice paragraphs he gave us, too. All the details. Know, right? It even has yeah. his, like, nuances of the way he speaks and stuff. But <laughs> you got to be here, that? dude. Yeah. yeah, I had to make word salad out of that, you know. I'm, and I'm you did a pretty good job. I'm going I to think, say yeah. you, you, that first one especially, man, you, you really drug that fucking thing out. <laughs> you really did. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> I got to have more impact, you see. Drawing it out to dry. You're all good now. Yes. Alright guys, this week we're going to talk about, uh, we kind of touched on it a little bit last week, um, I mentioned that it'd be nice to have a conversation with Devin and, and Scott and Rob and, and Nick if he were here, but he's not, so we're going to, we're going to forget about Nick for the next little bit, but we talked about setting goals, uh, and, you know, and how to set those goals how to develop, you know, some metric that allows you to objectively meet those goals, making sure that the goals that you meet are realistic uh, when it comes to your flight progression. Uh, you know, one thing that that I don't hear a lot of folks talking about, and I'm just going to kind of introduce it and we're just going to let this conversation happen, but, you know, one question that I think most people are not very good at answering is what is it what is it you want to get out of flying and what is it you want to do 
you know, some folks just want to build a scale helicopter and, and do a circuit and make it look like a real helicopter. Some some folks want to do some SmackDown, right? And some of those older guys might potentially would like to do SmackDown, but understand that there's limitations, eye-hand coordination, brain function, whatever, <laughs> whatever keeps you from becoming a really good pilot. And maybe, maybe part of that is not really um, establishing a good set a, you know, a, a good goal and, and establishing a practice routine that allows you to, to hit that goal and and really making sure that you, you know, you have set the objective such that you know you've hit the goal, right? And you're not fooling yourself that you've hit that goal. Because I think a lot of us do that. I know I did, I, dude, I did that so much when I was back in the day when I, I, I mean, I, I was flying so much and I was like, oh man, I, you know, I, I just, I would kind of get bored and I would want to move on to do something else where I wasn't quite ready to do that. And I know, uh, Scott talked about how he, you know, it's always nice to hear too, especially when, Scott last week when you mentioned, you know, especially after watching you fly, how you, how you struggled so hard with something as simple as stopping the tail in the same spot in a Piro, right? Yeah. And, and hearing those types of struggles, it kind of makes it, it, it kind of brings it down, right? Because people watch you or Devin or others that fly as well as you two do. And they just say, God, I want to get there. But how do they get there? What's the first step? Yeah. Yeah. Like deciding that you want to get there and understanding that you can't buy your way there. You can't cheat your way there. You can't skip corners. Like, you gotta, you gotta be like willing mentally to put the time in to do the basics, the boring shit, right? To get there. Yeah, so I would. What? Oh, go ahead, Devin. Go ahead. I would say the same thing that the most important thing in the beginning is taking all the necessary steps of nailing down the beginning shit because that's just fundamentals, very important fundamentals of even the the harder three D stuff. So let me ask you, I, I want to break that down, but before I do that, I've heard this statement before, and I'm sure there's a little bit of truth to it, but you, you hear, especially now with younger kids that, and, and they're just, they seem to be getting younger and younger, right? I mean, young, young kids really throwing down really hard. Uh, you know, he's just a natural or... He spent a lot, you know, he's a video gamer and he's just really good at eye-hand coordination. You know, that might play a little into it. Do you guys agree or disagree with that? I mean, is there some natural talent? Yeah. I agree a little bit. I yeah. Mean, I think, yes, there's natural talent. There's conditioning from kids playing video games, learning like how to modulate how much you're pushing sticks. So like you're playing racing games or shooting games, like you know how much to push it to turn the character this much or to steer this much. You get used to that aspect of it. Yeah. But another huge thing is the amount of time that a kid can spend learning yes. or on the sim or thinking about it. Like for an adult to carve out two hours on the sim every night is an astronomical chore, especially if you have kids. But yeah, for totally. a, you know, twelve year old, thirteen year old to spend twelve hours a day on the sim, that's totally possible. Right. So they progress, you know, what, 10 times faster than adults? So it's not really a surprise. They'll get 10 years worth of flight time than we do in one. <laughs> yeah, I do I do think that there's got to be something at play with those uh, uh, neural pathways connecting, 
<laughs> with younger kids a little bit quicker, right? I, I mean, I, I think that's true for, there's got to have some, I, you know, I don't, I don't know the science behind it, but, you know, kids have a tendency to take this stuff quicker. Language, for want being one, you know, they just seem to, uh, you know, grasp onto it and make those connections. Um, mainly because, I don't know, maybe it's because they don't fight it. Like, like maybe adults would do, you know, uh, I don't know if that, I don't know if there's any truth to that, but. I I know that's what scientists say kind of thing. You know, everyone's like, oh, the the brain plasticity is better for younger people. But like, I know personally, I haven't noticed a difference learning then versus now as far as like difficulty of figuring something out. But I guess back then I learned slower because I didn't really give a shit to do it right. And I would just sort of, you know, laissez-faire, skip over things and just do what was fun and not do it serious. Whereas now I know to kind of focus on the important stuff, what I really need to nail down. I feel like I almost learn things faster now because I cut the bullshit out, you know? Oh, sure. I used to feel that way, but I don't feel, as I get older, I do not feel that way. It's like shit. Uh (laughs) I don't care what it is. It's like stuff doesn't seem to stick to my brain like it used to when I was younger. (laughs) What age was that? Obviously, I need to get a, all the learning done pretty soon. I need to know what age that was. Uh, I started noticing <laughs> it at about 47, 45, somewhere in there. Oh, okay. I guess yeah. Yeah. You got some time? Maybe yeah. you're still a young you got dude, room. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm 32. Oh, my I, God. Yeah, yeah, I got, got some, some time, time as well. Yeah, yeah, Devin's got like 47 years before yeah. that. Devin, you got a lifetime. <laughs> yeah. You got a lifetime. Me and Rob are old, and Rob's quite a bit younger than I am, I think. Aren't you, Rob? Yeah. How old are you? Uh, I'm turning 45 next month. So. Oh, see? You're right at that age where you're oh. going to start having problems learning shit, too, dude. Dude, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm already getting there, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I agree. I, I, I think that, I don't know. I think that the older you get, you're, I think, one, your mentality towards the whole thing changes. Um, I, when I was younger, too, Scott, you know, I was... Um, I was less concerned with like the the little things, the little minutia of it all. I just wanted to hear the blades make a lot of noise and I wanted the thing to move back and forth through the sky as quickly as possible. And I just wanted to just I wanted to smack down without learning how to do the other stuff. And you know, I think a lot of people did that. A lot of people did like you did, you know, where you get to a place where you're fairly proficient at you know, for me it was kind of like light 3d you know there i i wasn't on the deck you know continuously transitioning moves for my whole pack or any crazy shit like that but i could do individual moves i could do all this stuff right but in in at just about every case if i would have a problem right it really ended up and it like if that problem turned into a crash or something like that in the past um usually it had to do with a comp like a perfect storm of me my bravado and my inability to just slow down and pay attention to the little things and then i would put the helicopter into a situation where um now i i don't know how to correct the orientation or it's skipped off too far to the side and then now it's slightly behind me which is really stupid right um Mm -hmm. and then i crash um and so now coming back into the hobby um there's just i have a lot more caution right so for me um the the entertainment is coming from the the challenge of being able to do some of those other things like 
park the helicopter over a particular spot and keep it there for a long time. You know, it's surprisingly, it was more difficult than I expected for me to just hover nose in for 30 seconds straight over an eight foot circle. You know what I mean? Um, and it was a, a kind of an eye opener. And so, you know, I think, um, getting past some of those, I don't know, I don't want to call them immature necessarily, but more, um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Getting some of that more disciplined mindset, um, will help me break through some of those mental barriers, you know, because I think that the amount of times it, and uh, you know, when I left the hobby for a little while, you know, I was thousands of flights in, right. Very, my, my brain and my wrists and my fingertips and my all, everything was all in heli mode, right? And I'm getting back to there, but I don't have a lot of flight minutes of time necessarily, maybe 25, 35 packs maybe since we started doing this, maybe. Maybe a little more than that, actually. I don't know. But my point is, st- like, coming into this, I just, I'm spending more time being entertained by the challenge of doing some of those basic things. And as a side effect of that, I see that when I decide to, um, uh, you know, get gain some altitude and go do some more, some other tricks, some of those little things are starting to fall into play where I'm coming out of a loop straight instead of slightly crooked or off to the side or, or my, my TikToks aren't drifting left or right unless I want them to, you know, That's stuff like that. Awesome. You know? Let, let's, let's kind of break that down a little bit kind of starting back and, and, you know, we've kind of now we've discussed, you know, age versus, <laughs> you know, senior moments. Talk about the, the kind of the basics. I mean, we're, you know, those, most everybody's aware of what those basics are and that's the eight, eight hovering orientations and then moving on from there, mainly for Devin and, and Scott. Talk about or explain to us how, what did you guys do to did, did, how did you keep track of that? In other words, how did you decide what it is you, you know, obviously we, okay, we know the outcome, but how did you decide and how did you measure that goal to make sure you could do it? Cause I mean, it, it's, there's a lot of discipline involved here, right? Like boredom creeping into it um, and making sure that you're, you're being diligent about continuing on with a, with a practice regimen, did you, did you track it on paper? Did you track it all just in your mind or, you know, how did you keep track of everything? Yeah. Well, I can say for me, when I was younger, probably around 10 years old, I flew helicopters. I wouldn't really do anything more than basic orientations and flying in like figure eights because I didn't have at that time a huge interest. That's all I really wanted to do. I didn't, want to go anywhere else. I was just having fun at that point. So that's all I would really do. So all of my flights for five years was just hovering in the orientations and flying around. And I think that's what made a bigger difference for me. That was before I made the decision where I was like, I really am starting to enjoy the helicopters. I'd like to progress. And that five years ended up being a huge jump for me because I already understood most most everything by doing that except for the inverted stuff that's what i needed to figure out but that's entirely different in a way i don't know about you scott but that was my beginning into it 
Yeah. And I think what you said too is how it kind of helped accelerate your learning later on. I think that's really important because like how I said, when I learned to fly, I skipped a lot of stuff and I jumped around and, you know, I I basically learned to hover tail in, nose in, and I was like, awesome, cool. Time for upside down. I only learned tail in upside down, couldn't do nose in upside down. I could only turn left, couldn't turn right in the air learn tail down TikToks and then a Mobius. And that was like my deck of cars where I could blow through a battery or whatever, or a tank of fuel and feel yeah. like I'm having fun. But I did that for years, literal years and just wasn't very good at precision and accuracy and all that. But I didn't really care. I didn't have friends to fly with. I didn't have people calling me out. It was just me beating my helicopter for fun, you know, but what it did teach me, I think in all those years was like collective management um, how the helicopter is going to move in the air kind of thing. Even if I didn't know the orientations, I mean, I knew like I never struggled with up is down or down is up sort of thing that people have like that all was like super cemented in my mind just because I had done it for so long, even though I like skipped a bunch of stuff. So when I decided, I think it was 218 or 219. I don't remember exactly what year it was, but really recently I decided I needed to knuckle down and, and do this shit and do it right. So when I started forcing myself to learn this stuff, it was happening pretty quickly. I mean, I was learning orientations within like a day or two kind of thing. When I was trying to go through like the all eights, I think there's a really good heli freak post called like all eight and funnels in all directions sort of thing. And I really tried to follow that, that mindset and focus on getting through, you know, all four upright orientations, all four inverted orientations and not just saying, yeah, it's inverted nose in and I'm not crashing. Cool. whoop de doo You don't learn anything, but it was, I need to keep it over this helipad or I need to keep it over this cone. And if I can't keep it over that cone, I don't know it like, because I can't control it. Being able to do a maneuver and not crash versus do the maneuver in exactly the spot you want it is two entirely different worlds. Yeah. One of them you learn very quickly one of them takes you months and you don't learn shit. You can do the maneuver, but you really don't know it. Yeah, I remember when you started really knuckling down in those years because I had I had gone to events with you. That's when I first met you and watched mm-hmm. your flying going, all right, he's a pretty good pilot. And then there was a time span between when we next saw each other and then we were in Rochester, New York, and I watched you fly. I was like, holy shit, what the fuck happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was unbelievable the progression you made but just by going, all right, I want to do this and sticking to it. And I think the one of the hardest parts is is that sticking to it part in your head, the mental game with that of I need yeah. to get it like this instead of just going, uh, it's good. Yeah. And that, yeah, that humble enough. pie where you tell yourself, mm, you're not that great. I mean, I'm still not good. I'm not at I'm not at your level. I'm not at the level of some of the greats like you see flying, like there's still stuff I need to clean up and learn, but taking that step, understanding that and knowing where your skill set is and then improving on it is huge. A lot of people like almost get offended that if, you know, if they, you tell them, you know, maybe this isn't right or this isn't right, or you could clean up that position. Um, it, it's tough to, to understand that, that, you know, you're not, you're not Kyle Stacy. You're not Nick Maxwell kind of thing. Everyone right. has some place to, to improve. Um, Constructive criticism is always the best thing. Absolutely. Well, so that leads me to another question, and that is, 
so this is to both of you. Uh, when you were at that stage of your flying, did were you guys flying alone, or were you at going to the club and there were six other, seven other heli pilots there with you? Which stage? Like when you were in well, a rut you're, doing the same thing? Yeah, when or? you're kind of at the beginning and you and you're trying to tell yourself that you've under, you know, I, I can I can hover inverted, but it's not quite locked in yet. Um, you know, as far as flying over a cone, and it really doesn't need to be that stage. But I guess what I'm driving at is one thing. One thing I noticed that I do notice all the time, and and sometimes I wish that I lived closer to more people that flew because sometimes I feel like if I, if that if I lived near say you, Devin, or you, Scott, that, and we had an opportunity to fly quite often on the weekends, I feel like I would be flying a hell of a lot better because you would have somebody behind you that going, here's what you need to try to do when you're doing that. And here's what, you know, here's, this might help you with that. Or, you know what I mean? Because when you're doing it by yourself and you're trying to figure out what it is you're doing wrong, and we talked about this a few episodes when I was talking about the inverted punch outs and you were giving me ideas on how to fix that. It's, harder to try to correct shit when you don't quite know what it is you're doing wrong but somebody mm-hmm. that's more advanced can can just maybe give you one or two words and say yeah here's here's what you you know this this is what you need to do when you're exiting that maneuver to make it look smoother or you know present better i don't know you know you know what i'm saying yeah totally um early on it was basically me on my own um for many, many years. And it wasn't until 2007 or eight, I think that I went to a fun, uh, not a fun fly, but like a local, uh, RC field sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And it was just, you know, all plankers and stuff. And then like one or two heli guys that were just working on hovering. So if you do a couple like Mobius and you do like a half a Piro flip, like you've blown their minds and they're like, Oh my God, you're like Alan Zabo sort of thing. You're really not, but in their mind, they don't know any better. So you like, you get this false sense of like accomplishment or being really good at flying kind of thing. And that's where I was for the longest time. Like I didn't see any heli pilots fly. I never knew anybody that could fly well. So in my mind, it was like, that's where you end up. I don't really have to learn anything else because I just didn't know. And it wasn't until 2017 when I had quit and then got back in it that I went to heli extravaganza and I saw... Neil Kapaloric fly a flight absolutely blew my mind. And then I saw Jason fly a 12 S logo 700 in person. And again, mind exploded. Could not believe helicopters could move like that. Mm, yeah. And that, that set everything in motion as far as, Oh my God, I'm not where I thought I was sort of thing. And I need to, I need to knuckle down and figure out how to do this because <laughs> there's so many better people than me kind of thing. And it's always a refresher. That happens constantly for me that I start to feel pretty confident. I feel like, you know, oh, I'm getting pretty good. I'm getting new maneuvers. It's feeling comfortable. Then you go to an event and you see like uh, Mitch Morozas fly or Kyle Stacy fly and you're like, holy shit, I have homework to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I feel I like the more, events, the more events you go to or the more like better than you level pilots you see fly, it gives you motivation to work on things, helps you understand that kind of gives you a reality. At least it gives me a reality check. It's like, Hey dude, you're, you ain't shit. You have some serious work to do and this is where we need to end up. And I feel like every time I go to an event, 
I get that motivation and then I just hit it hard after that and start learning more and more. And then I start getting comfortable with what I was doing and feel better about myself. And then it's just in time for another event. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get that. And one of my issues with, and, and I think a lot of folks struggle with this. I, you hear it a lot. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I'm trying to choke myself here. Hairball? Yeah, licking the cats too much. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I I hear often is, especially for guys who don't fly exceptionally well or, you know, flashy, and I know, I know the response. I know what you guys are going to say. Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But there's still that mental aspect of it all. Like, um, it does matter. To, to somebody who is a little self-conscious after, you know, especially after watching you guys just throw the fuck down for flight after flight after flight. And then, then I go up and I'm like just doing some circuits or, you know, you know what I mean? There's this, uh, I'm less inclined, although I do fly at fun flies, but I'm more, I, I, I will definitely fly more when I'm at the field by myself. Um, and I, you know, that's, I know the answer to that. The answer is, fuck it. It doesn't matter. And, and no one cares. Like, no, you know, it, it doesn't matter. It, it, but, but you but still. But it matters in your head, though, right? It does matter in your head, right? Yeah. It does matter mm -hmm. in your head. No That's one cares. to me. Yeah, right. I know. That's a mental block, you know. You got to figure out how to get past that. It's like the same kind of stage fright that you would have got younger if you had to do debate in front of everybody in class or you had to. <laughs> I don't know. You go to the talent show and you're like, I don't know if I can do this, you know, but everybody's just happy to see you do it, you know, and I'm the same way, dude. Like when I am at fun flies, one of two things happens. Either uh, I watch other people fly and then uh, I, I just don't feel, I just feel like my flight's just going to be a waste of everybody's time kind of thing. You know what I mean? Right. And that's, Obviously, that's a that's a completely inside my own psyche generated thought. You know what I mean? And there isn't anything in the real world that that would be that. You know, nobody's going to look back and roll their eyes and go, "Oh, here's this guy just doing some hard sport, lame." You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't think so. You know, but it seems to directly inform the way that I fly while I'm around people, right? And it takes a little while for me to kind of let my hair down, so to speak, and just get to, so to speak, back to normal. And I haven't, still haven't figured out how to break past that, that mental roadblock. It even happens if I'm, because I'm a park flyer, right? So if I go to a park and there's nobody there, I'm flying a particular way. And this is a little more subtle, I guess. But if there's a bunch of kids there, I start showing off a little bit more. And I start pushing myself to do some stuff I maybe wouldn't have done that day, you know. Um, but if, if there's like, if I don't know, like if there's a... It, I don't know what the critical limit is, but if there's enough other consciousnesses around me, it's like I, I bottle up, you know, and I got to try and figure out how to break out of that. Because um, right now, the only way I can progress is to do it by myself, you know, I don't know. No, it's I get funny, that. It's funny you say that too. Like, my Achilles heel is kids as well. Like, it sounds so dumb, but if you put me in a group of like 10 or 15 team guys we're going to have a good time. It doesn't matter kind of thing. I don't care who's watching. It's always fun. But if you put me in front of people that don't know the hobby, kids that don't know the hobby, but they just want to see something cool. I have this overwhelming pressure where I'm like, 
I got to sell this shit. Yeah. I got to blow their minds because I want to get more people into the hobby, you know? And I, I tremble still. Like if there's little kids at a, a local park, yeah. like by my house is a place called Hobby Park and it's just a city owned, you know, fun fly thing or not a fun fly, a flying field. But there's like a kid's park in it too. And you get the randomest people that show up that have no idea what you're doing. And man, oh man, do I try and throw down as hard as I can. And yeah. in the grand scheme of things, they don't, they don't care. Like you could just f- do some circuits and a flip or two. They'd be just as impressed as, you know, beating it on the deck or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, yeah it's like massive stage fright for me, for, for kids. And it took me a long time too, to get over like the fun, fi- fun fly frights that you get going up to fly in front of people and you get nervous. That took like a skill in itself and like a routine I go through to kind of get calm and back in a good mental state before I fly, even till today. Like I do the same thing. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Well, going back to what Dan said on, on the, the flying in front of everybody and watching somebody flying, getting down on that. I understand that's a thought that goes through a lot of people's head, but and mine and Scott, and I'm talking for Scott here when I say this, when we go out to fly, it's not like we're trying to show off. If anything, we're, it's more of inspiration and we're, we're th- look at what we do and see and ask us questions based off of what you're watching instead of standing back and going, oh shit, you know, this guy can fly and, you know, take that opportunity and, and grab a hold of it and ask us, you know, how'd you do this? How'd you do that? You know, ask away. That's that's what we would love for to happen. Yeah. Inspiring off of our flights. That's the point that we are at, at this moment of other people benefiting off of the way we fly. Yeah. Right. And I'm glad you said the whole show off thing too. Cause like never in my mind has it crossed my mind that we're trying to like show off or prove what we can do. It's, it's like, I want to entertain you. I want to like show you some cool stuff that makes you want to try cool stuff. I want to get you amped about helicopters. I don't give a shit if you like credit me for it. I don't care. It's like, look how cool that helicopter just made that maneuver look like. That's badass. Do you want to try it? (laughs) You want to learn it? That's cool. I don't know, man. It's um, one of the, to kind of back it up and not really talk about SmackDown. I mean, coming back into it, one of the biggest issues that I kind of still struggle with, but I'm getting better about is, is, um, correct voltage. Okay. Okay, ah, we're done. Clarity. We're done with the battery talk. Okay? Okay? Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Good. I really batteried that one to death. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow, corny. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I know. Yeah. I'm getting short. That's a dad joke right there, dude. That's a puff piece. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Are you done yet? <laughs> sorry, dude. No, back to I, the topic here. So, one thing that I struggled with was... Um, and, and still do, was turning into myself, especially on the right side. And, you know, I, I, I've kind of come in, you know, and we're talking simple circuits here. It's just that making that turn, for whatever reason, there's a moment, whether it's the last third of that turn or, or whatever, I don't know specifically uh, where it's at, where things just feel really fucking scary for whatever <laughs> reason. Uh, you know, and yeah. so I've kind of developed some... I guess coping mechanisms for that, and and so now what what I started doing was uh, as I was coming around back from the left to the right, as soon as I hit center right in front of me, I would turn the machine out forty five degrees, and instead of trying to make that right hand turn parallel 
to the flight line, I would let the heli go out at a 45 degree angle away from me after it passed me to make that turning, just give myself a shit ton of extra room to make it happen. Oh, and sure. what I found it's not is really that, an oval. Yeah, anymore. it's not an oval. Yeah. It's more of a, I don't know. I don't know what you call that, but it's definitely not an oval. It's a Le Mans <laughs> racetrack. It, yeah, and it, it, what it allowed me to do, and, and this is just one example of what, you know, things that I've come up with to, to try to get past certain mind blocks. And that, that was one of them. And it just allowed, my, allowed me to create a large area uh, where I'm still essentially doing the same thing. Uh, and, and I just slowly take that 45 to 60 degree, you know, and eventually I'm running straight. You know, and that's something that I've done. But, the, you know, these, man, these mental blocks yeah, can really stop you from progressing. And, and what, you know, and, and then there's the whole, I know you hear guys talking about this a lot too, is, is that kind of that stagnantness <laughs> that you get, right? You, you end up. You get to a point where you can do one or two different things and you find yourself just doing those, right? And you're kind of yeah. never stepping out of that comfort zone. Yeah, but you get stuck there. And and the thing of it is, is we all know the answer to that question, but it's so hard. Some guys don't really struggle with it. Some guys don't. There are more people that do struggle with it than there are people who don't struggle with it. And that's to just step outside of that comfort zone. You know, I remember the golden rule back in the early days was fly three mistakes high. Well, I don't particularly like to do that because I don't like to let my helicopter get too high just for vision reasons. Right, you anything, can't see right? three crashes high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how big are those mistakes? <laughs> you know, so I'm not, I don't know what the answer is, but I, you know, obviously stick time is the answer. And and I think the ability to fly yeah. with folks um, and and be able to pick brains and and have people critique you i i don't mind it like if devin were to stand next to me and you know start giving me pointers i'm like all over it i'm like yeah absolutely let's you know uh, you know show me how to do it tell me how to do it i'll try it so there's but, a small there's a small flaw in what you're doing too as far as your you know 45 degree or like push it out and make yourself feel more comfortable technique as well that i think maybe there's a way that I usually tell people to, to go about it that's a little bit faster at progressing, but it's a little bit more uncomfortable. Uh, kind of the analogy that I feel like you're doing is, let's say that you live on a street and on the corner, there's a really mean pit bull that's in the front lawn that, that you're scared shitless of, right? You don't want to go up near it. You don't want to address it because you're worried that you get bit, right? So the technique you're doing by giving yourself a wide berth and going a different way or doing a uh, getting to where you want to go in a different orientation is like going over one street first and then going down the block, like avoid it and just stay away from it. The problem is it's really hard to, to learn that orientation or learn what you're scared of without actually getting close to doing it. Uh, and it's just so easy just to go that one block over and avoid it forever, you know, like never addressing the boogeyman sort of thing. So, in the case of like flying and turning towards yourself, there's, there's orientations hitting in there that, that you're not comfortable with, but you don't really know you're not comfortable with it. You just fear that the helicopter is going to hit you kind of thing, or you're going to blow past, past the flight line and, and get in a dangerous situation. So my recommendation for everything in that, I guess you could say like genre of fear with helicopters is break it down and go slow. So, 
if you were to try and do that maneuver stationary, you just do a very slow hovering pirouette, right? Super slow, turning it the same direction that, that you'd be turning in that, that flight. If you can't do that and control it, keep it in one place during that turn, those are orientations you're not comfortable with, and that's not helping you get through that, that position. And uh. there's other positions too where you're turning where it's over your left shoulder and your right shoulder orientations aren't the same centered as they are over your left or over your right. You have to get used to everything on both sides of yourself because you run into those like mental block brain fart. Exactly. It becomes sighted. So what I try and tell people do is if you're working on circuits and you can't quite hack it, fly that circle, but incredibly slow and hover it, move foot by foot. So you're, you're doing the circle. You'll move forward a foot, stop, get it where you're at and hover for just a moment, collect yourself, move a foot forwards again, get it stable, collect yourself and move through it. And by doing that, you're really ironing out those uncomfortable orientations. You're seeing the helicopter in that place for an extended period of time. You're making micro corrections, which is what really teaches you because you don't learn anything by flying through an uncomfortable situation, just holding the sticks in one place. You're just panicking. You're holding on for dear life as it comes through to something you're comfortable with at that point. But doing it inch by inch through that discomfort zone making those micro corrections while you hover it in one place, that's building those, those links in your brain. It's, it's getting that connection between your fingers, seeing it there and seeing what happens when you give it certain inputs. If you do a couple of those revolutions, nice and slow and methodical like that, you will be blown away with how easy it gets after you progress through it. And it doesn't take long. uh, I mean, that's like a weekend, weekend thing. That is I've never had anybody explain that shit to me like that before. Dude, that's, I mean, that's the fucking wisest ass shit I've ever heard, dude. You're the one with all the wisdom, dude. Holy shit. That makes sense. I've heard about the slow forward flight circuits, mm-hmm. but not in, I mean, it wasn't, I, I mean, that just, that, yeah, that's good. I, I mean, cause I, you know, I, I guess I didn't make the connection. Maybe, maybe who, however, I heard about that way back then was, was trying to give me that connection, but the way they worded it didn't quite make the connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, that's great. That was, that's, you know what? Yeah, for sure. Because it's all about those little micro, micro corrections. There's like that's a, everything you learn. That's what makes the flips clean up. That's what makes your circuits and turns clean up. It's when you know, without thinking about it, that my finger moves the stick this way to make it stay where I want it to go. That's when shit starts to happen. Yeah, that's a good point because now that you the way now that you explain it that way, and Dan, how you're talking about how you get scared coming around from that side, I get the same thing, and it's even worse because I almost can't even do a circuit the other way because I've been skipping steps as as I've said before. So Scott, the way you describe that is perfect because now it's all of a sudden the light bulb comes on in my head and I realize what I've really been doing when I do a slow circuit because I can get it to go all the way around. But if I really actually think about it and like self-reflect, really what's happening is by the time I'm coming around and I'm about roughly where nose in would be off to my Mm -hmm. left, I get my sticks into a particular orientation and I must be doing vapor lock or freezing and the heli is just coasting past me really is Mm -hmm. all it's doing on a line. I'm not like I was talking before about when do you feel like you're locked in? Are you in front or behind the controls? It's obvious to me now that I've just... I'm not even really doing much of anything. I'm just letting the helicopter do the flying for that front half of the loop so it gets away from me. And then when it's tail in off to my right, then I'm controlling it again. So, yeah, that's a... Dude, you just broke down 
I think <laughs> me and Dan's mental roadblock. Cycle those gray areas, by the way. If you're flying around and you get that uneasy feeling and you yeah. kind of just hold on and go through it, I call that a gray area. Yeah. And I try and tell people when, when they're learning on new things and trying to fix these uncomfortable situations is find a gray area, learn where it is, and then go through it very slowly and methodically until it's no longer a gray area. I always yeah. say iron it out because it's it literally is like ironing wrinkles out of your skill set. The more you go through it slow, the more you're familiar with it, the more you get that those subliminal little corrections and then it becomes nothing. It becomes second nature, not a problem. Like you've ironed out the wrinkles. This is great info because like in where I'm at now in my heli hobby is I'm looking for those like patient challenges, right? Because I want to perform those because I'm getting, I'm getting my adrenaline fix from doing those. I'm getting that satisfaction and I can do, you know, and as we go, you know, I, I progress and I, I can still do some other tricks and stuff, but I want to do these types of things, but knowing what things to do is the thing right now. So yeah. thank you. And it only works if you don't lie to yourself. Like if, yeah. if, if you don't put it where you want it and you're seriously putting it where you want it, paint a line on the ground, put cones down, something in order for you to visually see that I didn't really do what I wanted to do. You know, I didn't quite get it because if you just BS through it and lie to yourself and zip, 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 I went through the circle. You didn't learn anything. You're just yeah, wasting right. time. Then it gets boring. It's, it's not boring when you challenge yourself and do it right. It's boring when you just cut corners and don't care. Yeah. Damn, Scott, I'm taking that one from you. That was the best Aww. way to explain that. I'm taking that. <laughs> that was that was good. That was because you can use that in so many different aspects for so many different procedures. It's not even funny. Yeah, you, dude. Yeah. TB70 that shit for sure. Oh, TB70 well, yeah. that shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh. well, no, because for sure, because after listening to you say that, I was like, crap, that's the most yeah. useful piece of information you could tell somebody because you could do that for anything anything yeah. and you it really is you it's have good. to see the orientations too because the only way to learn something is to really go through it and and experience yeah, and it. it because early on too you get that fear and it it's even if you know something it's like i've done it 30 times in the sim but you do it in real life and there's that gut oh shit feeling yeah, we're doing different. this. The helicopter's in that position. Oh my God. And there's like that, like vapor lock, like you say, Rob, and that, that moment that, oh my God, it's, uh, is this going to crash sort of thing, even though you know it. And that's why I try and recommend people do things really slow in a hover position and learn those corrections. That way, when you, you've seen it there a million times, it's no longer a surprise to see it in that position. So the chances of you locking up is a lot less likely. And like Devin said, it works for 3D too. Like I taught myself uh, Piro TikToks the same kind of way. Like I would I would pop the, the thing up uh, forwards, so like tail up in the air. Then I'd rotate uh, the tail 180 degrees and then I'd flop it back, you know, nose back away from myself. And I broke down the three different positions each time. And every time I went into one of these three positions, I would like correct where I am, you know, sit for a second, get control of it and then do it again. And yeah, learning yeah. that those moments on each side, when I stopped and made those corrections to make sure it, I kept it where I wanted, that allowed me then when I eventually sped it up and took the gaps out of it, that every time it ended up at a position that wasn't quite right, my brain automatically made the correction and fixed it. I didn't even have to think about it. Yeah, that's cool. So like the way you describe that in my mind, I'm visualizing 
you kind of taking a like a wide berth in the air and doing this kind of like staccato like part of a TikTok and then part of the orientation, part of a TikTok because you're up there, you know, you're floating the heli and doing that. Is that the case, right? It's yeah, not just, yeah. yeah, okay. So one interesting thing that I'm thinking of as you describe that is, that is, I, I must say, in my opinion, one thing that is you don't really see at all as far as like shared content out in internet land um, for the hobby. You don't like, I could imagine what a beginner would feel like if they saw, I know there's like training videos, right? But I, I feel like if somebody would break it down and actually be filming themselves while they're learning, you know, not after they've progressed and now are dumbing it down to show it off to someone, yeah. then it would be inspiring for other people that are also trying to do that to realize, oh shit, this guy's also trying to learn that maneuver and he did that and I'm going to try that now. Uh, you know, I think things like what we're doing here on this show right now today, um, us talking about it in this way and little kernels of wisdom just kind of puffing out of this thing here is that kind of helpful. You know what I mean? Um, so I think it's it's pretty cool. I'm a little bit blown away that I've never heard anybody articulate that process so with such brevity. Like, I mean, it's just, I mean, you know what I mean? It's so, uh, it's, um, I'm just yeah, going to chalk it up to the fact that I had to struggle through it so recently. Like, I feel like <clears throat> most of the people that fly really well today either learned it really quick on the sim, you know, like the, some of the guys that are like flying for two years and they're throwing down. But like the really great people, the Mitch Morozas, the Jason Bells, the Kyle Stacys, they learned this stuff 20 years ago, you know, mm-hmm. and they, they learned it as a kid quickly kind of thing. And I, 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 maybe I chalk it up to that. I don't know. But like I had heli control a little bit, but I didn't know orientations and I had to figure out how to fix it. And I kind of approached it, um, I guess with like uh, engineer's mentality, I guess, I don't know, after working, doing what I do professionally for a while, came into and tried to apply what I do for the hobby, like troubleshooting equipment or something like break it down to its simplest form. How does this work? How do we get through it? What am I actually scared of? And then just try and attack it. And I don't know. It helped me get through some things. So I'm hoping it helps other people. No, I think it will, dude. I, I that's, um, yeah, that's great. <laughs> I'm actually kind of looking forward to giving that a shot. Nice. Uh, I think that that is going to be, well, here, here's what I'd like to do. And I, it's kind of a, uh, I, more of a personal challenge, but I would like to, what I would like to do is, spend a couple weekends in a row without flying the helicopter any further than a hundred feet away from me, just practicing these, these things slowly. Mm-hmm. I'd like to purchase a cone. I think I'm going to get a cone and keep it in my truck. Yeah. Word. Um, I'll, I'll send you a link to the cones I use. They're awesome. They're lower than your disc so they don't get damaged, but they're heavy so they don't blow away. Are they? They're okay. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I've seen those small ones like the RC car ones, right? Yeah, but these are know, these are about are six inches tall, yeah. and they're made of like real traffic cone material, and they're just as okay. thick. So they're stout little guys, but you can't hit them with the main blade, so you don't have to worry if you like touch the Land ground on or something. Yeah, yeah cool. exactly. It would be interesting, I think. Wouldn't it be interesting to see if I could muster up the <laughs> discipline to do that? 
to see what happens come springtime uh, at one of the fun plays. Because, you know, one thing that, you know, wouldn't it be wild? I mean, if I could show up at one of those fun plays and you guys go, holy shit, man, you, <laughs> you must have, you know what I mean? That'd be great yeah. to see that kind of progress, right? We should have a contest yeah. to see how slow of a 50-foot circle we can do left and right. Yeah, nice and perfect. Yeah, just yeah. a nice slow, just be coming at you, going past you, in front of you, you know. I mean, it's the same concept as uh, getting your motorcycle license. You know, when they paint the circle that you have to drive around, you have to keep the mm-hmm. front wheel on one line and the back wheel by the other and go around. You don't get your license unless you can do it. So it's the same yeah. concept. If you make markings to hold yourself strict to it, you'd be amazed how fast you learn. Yeah. Hey, hey, Dan. Yeah. So, you know, we've got our... Uh, our uh, our web nerd friend that's helping us with the website and this and that, right? Um, and I know that um, we've got links to the old V2 website with some of the tech tips and stuff, but recently I was trolling around in there actually looking up info on this little supercapacitor bank that's in this goblin just to read up about it. And in there I rediscovered the RCN, HN, PPP program stuff. And I don't know, maybe... Obviously, you know, because he's free, whenever he's got time, we can get him to drop the PPP on the site, you know, so people can get, or at least the link, we can throw it maybe on Facebook or something and people can start looking at that too. Because I hopped into it and I, you know, I, I started working on those, you know. Yeah, I, yeah, there was a little, little bit of controversy over that whole PP thing, but that, uh, that's a story for another day. But um, yeah, I agree. And I think that, I, I don't know, man, I think the way, Look, I, I don't mean to sound like that that PPP wasn't a good thing because I think it helped a lot of folks. A lot of folks really enjoyed it. But I think it's a lot wordier than it need, needed to be. I think there's more to yeah. it. True. Um, and I think, you know, I'm totally game if Scott wants to write something up. We could definitely put it on the webpage. Uh, sure. Or, like something new. Some videos. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, like like Rob said, like he wanted, I mean, we can find some local guys here that are trying to work on some stuff and I can make videos of them working through these recommendations and these tips and you could see kind of real time progression. That would be yeah. cool. That would be yeah. good. Yeah. No, it'd be interesting to see because I'm, I'm, I'm actually sitting here getting excited about that. I think that I, I think I've been talking to you a little bit about the Scott when I was down, down in North Carolina. It's like, I just don't know what what I need to do. Like I, I always, I, it's funny. And I kind of did the same thing, Deb and I, I like, if I could just go spend a little bit of time flying with Devin or flying around Devin or, you know, I could like, he could just like tell me what I need to work on, but it just doesn't work like that. Right. It doesn't seem to translate well. Um, mainly because <laughs> this plan was all in my head and I didn't say anything to Devin about it. I don't know. Right. Maybe if I would have communicated to Devin what I was thinking, but, but you know, the time, I don't know. I don't like to monopolize people's time at fun flies and, you know, cause you guys are all there to do what you're there to do and have fun doing what you're doing. And, and I don't want to feel like, you know, I don't, whenever I, I don't want to feel like I'm monopolizing anybody's time at a fun fly, but well, that me, being said, let me cut you off there and correct that. Cause honestly, if someone comes up to me at a fun fly and says, I want to learn this maneuver. Can you help me learn this maneuver? 
dude, you have made my life. I'm going to have the most fun <laughs> yeah, buddy. for the next three or four hours helping you learn something, knowing that I can actually bring value to someone. Like, that's, that's so cool. much better than like, you know, can you tune my helicopter? Can you can you set this up for me? Like, I don't mind doing that stuff at all. But But when someone legitimately says, I have a goal and I'm motivated to learn this, oh, hell yeah, let's go. So this is a free invite to anybody that's at an event with me. Just grab me and ask me to learn something. And if I don't know it, we'll learn it together. And that'll be the best day of my life. You know what? Pull me over too. I'm, I want to be involved <laughs> in this. So Nick's going to jump in just briefly here. Yeah, I see that. Best day ever. Maybe Yay. he can fix the news for us. <laughs> <laughs> Senior Jewest is here. I don't see him yet. What a fuck. <laughs> All right, everyone, when he joins in, just be like, you're a fuck. The count of three? Can someone give us a one, two, three, and then you're a fuck? Yeah. All I want. <laughs> I wonder if it'll let him in because we're recording. It might not let him in. Mm, Maybe he just gets to listen. He's a spectator. He's oh, a spectator. How's it going? He's plotting against him right now. Fuck. Oh, can he oh, hear can us? you just type in there if you can hear us? Oh, there. Oh, yeah. Oh, there he is. Oh. Oh. What's up? Oh, he's muted. Late to the party, G-West. Oh. What? Wow. Fuck you sounded like shit. <laughs> You're late to the earth. Was that Wally? It was Wally. Oh we my God, it's Nick. What's up? We were talking no. mad shit about you, man. You're a I fuck. would expect nothing less. <laughs> I would be disappointed. Devin wanted, us, yeah. Devin wanted us to count to three and, and all of us say, you fuck. It's, you know, at the same time, but uh, sorry. I appreciate that you abandoned him to say it by himself. Sorry, one, <laughs> two, no, you're a fuck. It's <laughs> yeah, all right. What a I've fuck. learned you all fuck you new kinds of new ways to insult you in Dutch, so I'm ready. It's <laughs> great. It's great. <laughs> and so you're in Salt Lake oh. this week. Yeah, back in Salt Lake City now. And you're going to be home next week. Uh, nope. Next, well, oh. sort of. Uh, Sunday, I fly to Atlanta. Okay. In the afternoon, but I don't go home. Instead, I go to a hotel in downtown Atlanta and I go right into another project. So I'm like 15 miles from my family, but I don't get to see them for like another six, seven days. I'm waiting anxiously for a motor. So, you know. Yeah, I've not been anywhere near my house remotely. <laughs> no, I get that. Are you by chance going to be free the weekend of the 4th and 5th of November? Weekend of the 4th and 5th of November. I don't know. Not this weekend, you, next weekend. Yeah, exactly. Looking right now. I doubt it. I'm crossing my fingers. Come to RCHO. Come to all. Oh, yes. Yes. Devin's going too. Oh. Let's go on the 5th. I'm home on the 4th for a day. Uh, no, he's got to see his family. Yeah. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Wanna, I got yeah, I got yeah. I haven't. I literally have not seen my wife or kids in three weeks, four weeks by that point. Yeah. You're starting oh, to do family for a here. day. Then San Francisco. But that's my last project of the year. After that, I'm done. For the year. Flying helis. That's right. I got stuff to build. I got stuff to do. I got CGY 760s to fight with. Oh, we don't care about that. I know you don't, <laughs> but I do. I have unfinished <laughs> business there. I don't, I yes, don't like to do. leave things on a sour note. You're, I'm going to tell you right now, Nick, you're, when you do listen to this episode, you're going to be so disappointed in the news. <laughs> I, I, you know... <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm already disappointed because I looked at the white at the whiteboard today and I was like, those motherfuckers didn't add shit to this week. <laughs> That's your job, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and I meant to add today that they added more canopy colors so the 420 are available, but I just did not have a minute to myself to do See, it. So they were everyone's too. like, great, Nick's jumping on. He can fix the news. He just fixed yeah. the news. There we go. <laughs> There's yeah, some new canopy yeah. colors. I don't remember what they are. They're probably pink or freedom pink, or something. Orange. But they're there. All of the above. Yeah, we were happy to have you jump on. We know you've been busy. Well, sort of happy. Oh, shut up, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing but hate for you too, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah, join me later. Let's go, baby. So, Nick, you're going to have to listen to this. Scott laid down some, some uh, card, hold, oh, card hold facts. My God. Oh, my God. Brain-blowing shit. Hard facts <laughs> on uh, getting past Mindfucks. Worked out. It's going to be awesome. I'm excited to try it. But you didn't hear that, so you don't know what I'm talking about. He's just sitting yes. there scratching his head like, what? <laughs> no, I know what Scott said. I bet I'm right. You want me to guess? Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Yes. Scott talked about his ability to find things that make him uncomfortable and repeat them until they're comfortable. That he seeks out these things that make him uncomfortable and then like, specifically works on them. You missed a part. That's part of it, but that's not the major part of it. So we're going to make you listen to the whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a waste of time. That's what he's going to say when he finally gets to it. Yeah, when you, when you get to it, you're like, Jesus Christ, that was like six words. Why couldn't you just say that? Because we're not going to do it. We're going to make you listen to the whole thing. How's that grab you? All right. Just All right. for our laughter. I listen Alrighty. every week, man. I got to get our listener count up by one. I know, right? How many times you download the show? <laughs> At least 10. Boost <laughs> those numbers up. Aw, you're the one. You're the one. That's great. All right, guys. Well, I think uh, I think we're about done with this one, so we might want to go ahead and uh, get some emails out there. Let's start with Scott. Scott, if I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? Oh, you could find me on Facebook with Scott Graham. I usually pop up there. Or you can get my email, scott at rchnv3.com. How about you, Devin? Uh, Devin McClellan on Facebook can hit me up through Messenger or my email, devin at rchnv3.com. How about you, Nick? You can find me on Facebook at NickWisdomRC or hit me up via email at NickWisdom at RCHNV3.com. I'm Dan. You can reach me at Dan at RCHNV3.com. Check out our Facebook page and our website, www.RCHNV3.com. Locals, if you're so inclined. Rob, how do we get in touch with you? Danielle San. So if you want to reach me, um, first you gotta, um, put in some work, um, and, uh, earn a little income. Uh, what you want to do is get a job as a window washer, um, at the Trump tower, because there's all the, all the sides are all glass all the, all the way around. And then what you want to do is when you're up there washing the windows, once they let you do it by yourself, you want to go up there with, um, some dirty soap instead of the clean bucket. And uh, instead of washing the windows, you want to squeegee on to the side of the Trump Tower with the dirty soap, um, the message that you want me to read. And um, since everybody is so politicized right now because the elections are coming, it'll definitely make the news and I'll read your message. I'm sure somebody will try to get the FBI involved and figure out who did it. But um, <laughs> at least I'll know that you need help. Um, and then... Um, I'll uh, reach out to you. Um, but if you're afraid of, 
Yeah, right. I'll, I'll send you a note in prison um, uh, after you've had your um, cavity search and all that, you know. Um, but if you're afraid of prison or the FBI or um, you don't like dirty soap uh, a- at all, and you can just do it the old way and email me at rob at rchnv3.com. Uh, you can hit me up on Facebook, uh, NextGenRC. Same on Instagram, NextGenRC, or YouTube.com slash NextGenRC. Um, maybe I'll post a crash video soon and you can like that. That's all I got. All right. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week. See you next time. Bye. Bye. See ya. Bye. 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 I'd like to apologize for the news at this point. Me too. fucking credibility shot. It was a good word salad. It was Rob. We didn't do it. <laughs> 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 <laughs>